from Mexico, everyone. Welcome to the Hawks Report, or bienvenidos, as they would say in Mexico, to the Hawks Report. I'm your host, Lauren Williams, the bee reporter here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And we've got a lot to talk about. I feel like every week we, of course, have a lot to talk about. But the Hawks are actually international now. So Daniel and I, is, you know, we're going to talk about my behind-the-scenes experience of being on the ground in Mexico City as the Hawks get ready to take on the Magic here. Uh, this is the first time the Hawks have played in Mexico City, though for Hawks coach Quinn Snyder, it's not the first time he's coached a game for a team in Mexico City. So we'll, of course, talk about that. But we, of course, have to recap some of the games that we've had on this road trip so far. Uh, it started out in New Orleans with a, a really gutsy win from the Hawks, uh, a comeback win of, at that. And then, unfortunately, the other end of the spectrum where they lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder and what we saw in that matchup. And, of course, we'll look ahead to the upcoming games in the next week. But before we do that, if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, please make sure to rate, like, and subscribe wherever it is you guys get your podcasts, whether that's Apple or Spotify or wherever else. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the AJC. Daniel, I'm in Mexico. You are in Mexico, and I feel like it's already changed you because you already bailed on me once to record the podcast because you had to go get dinner. I don't know if I, I don't want to say diva is the right word, <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know if you going south of the border has kind of changed your persona. You might have an alter ego down there. Maybe the real Lauren Williams will come back to the United States, but... I've seen a lot of posts from you. Uh, I've been enjoying yeah. everything because it's been cool to see. But I just want to make sure the real Lauren Williams comes back to us. The real Lauren Williams is still here, but I'm sorry. I really had to go get some shrimp tacos that were really, really good. Uh, so I was hungry. I hadn't eaten since breakfast at like nine o'clock. And we're currently recording the podcast at about 4.58 Central Time. So. That's a lot of hours with no food. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. What are the vibes like down there in Mexico City? It just seems like there's a, a lot of, not I don't want to say pandemonium, but at the same time, there's a lot of fan fest, I feel like, going on for this game. Yeah, I would like to say that the vibes are immaculate. Uh, a fun little tidbit I learned today uh, at practice was that the NBA, they credentialed about 300 or so people for, for Thursday's matchup. 
And then about 80 of those people are local media in Mexico City, or maybe just Mexico in general. So yeah, I, I feel like the vibes are great. Everyone's really excited to, to see this matchup. People are excited when the NBA comes to town. I don't know how you could not be. And so I, I feel like it's going to be a fun time tomorrow. I And by tomorrow, I mean Thursday, because we're recording this on a Wednesday. But I think Thursday is going to be really, really fun. I'm curious to see what that in-game experience is like, because we know that in-game experiences vary a lot from team to team, as far as the music that's played inside the arena, what the in-arena hosts sound like and say, and how they try to pump the crowd up, what the t-shirt toss is going to be like. You know, as you mentioned, I've been posting a little bit of some behind the scenes stuff uh, that's been going on. So at practice today, before the players actually got into practice, you know, they did a lot of like the promo stuff for NBA Mexico. Uh, They had Clint Capella putting on a luchador uh, mask and the poor guy, the mask was too small for him. He couldn't, he couldn't fit it. It couldn't fit. And so he jokingly asked the NBA person who, you know, gave the mask to him, you know, he was like, do I, do I have to wear this? And it's not because he didn't want to. It's just that it was too small. (laughs) So that was funny. And they, you know, they asked him questions regarding like Mexican wrestling and if he had a, a, a name for himself as a wrestler, what would that be? And he said he chose Taco Fuego because he really likes tacos and I mean, fuego means fire. So yeah, taco fire. <laughs> and so there there were quite a few guys who got a chance to put that mask on. And um, I really only caught Clint and DJ doing their promos. And, and DeJounte said, he seems like a very big wrestling fan. Uh, he brought up Rey Mysterio from, you know, a former WWE wrestler. I believe he's in AEW now. Uh, he's from Mexico. And, and usually he may, you know, famously wears the, the luchador mask. And, you know, he, DeJounte was like, I feel like aren't the fans the ones that are supposed to choose what the name is for the wrestler? So I, I feel like he, he knows something a little bit more than I do about, or maybe a lot of people know about Mexican wrestling and, and how they get their, their fighter names. So that's been pretty cool. But yeah, pandemonium would probably be the right word to describe it. It's like a lot of organized chaos just because of, you know, moving everybody from point A to point B. It's a very small window of time. You know, the Hawks got into Mexico City on Tuesday. They're leaving Friday morning after the game. And so that's only about really two full days or let's say one and a half if you count game day that there's time to actually do stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if guys didn't get out to explore a lot. Um, Because if you think about between practice, film, just general NBA, what's the word I'm looking for? Engagements. There's not really a lot of time. I mean, even I have been trying to figure out when it is that I can venture out of this little, I don't want to say compound, but just like this little bubble that the NBA has created between the hotels that we're we're staying at, it's just, I don't know when I'm going to find the time to do that. And a lot of tourist places, you need a reservation and yeah, it's, it's just a lot. So I would say I've been 
pleasantly surprised with how much I have enjoyed Mexico City. And that's not to say that I never planned on enjoying myself, but I, I've been really endeared to it. And it was a place that was like kind of on my bucket list of wanting to visit. And now it's definitely going to go back on that bucket list so that I can really fully immerse myself in it and, and experience some of those tourist attractions like the Frida Kahlo house. Um, I believe the pyramids are called, and I apologize to anyone who is of Mexican descent, Mexican heritage for maybe butchering this, but Tenochtitlan, the the pyramids, um, they're, I think, like an hour or a little bit over an hour away from Mexico City. And so it's just... There, there's not a lot of time to get things done. And, and I, I would have to research just kind of like traveling around the city a little bit more to feel more comfortable venturing out too much. Understood. Understood. I remember hearing about those pyramids in my studies, you know, during uh, school. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I don't want to butcher it as well. But um, that would be cool. I, I do want to ask and I could be overanalyzing things a little bit. But mm-hmm. you mentioned at the beginning that Quinn Snyder has done this before with Utah. Does that give them even the slightest advantage as far as what to expect? As far as just at least the routine, because it's like, hey, I've been here. Here's how it's going to yeah. work. That again, I'm sure that is overanalyzing it way yeah. too much. But does that does that factor in at all as far yeah. as the game plan for for Thursday's game? I don't even think so. I think you know he's exper- He's he's approaching this like he would any other game. And the difference is they're just in another country. So I wouldn't even say there's really home court advantage, even though the Magic are technically the home team on Thursday. But I think one of the things is that the Hawks are just going to have to come out, I feel like, with a, a really good start, kind of as opposed to what happened on Monday when they faced the Thunder. I, I mean, both teams have been off since Thursday, or excuse me, since Monday. Both teams are fresh off of losses. Uh, the Magic lost to the, the Mavericks on Monday night. So I, I think the, the key is, is that it's kind of a neutral footing for everybody. Everybody's kind of on the same page. I don't think anybody's really got a big advantage here unless you're like maybe doing team for team matchups. Yeah, I think that's maybe where the real advantage is. I think the Hawks are going to have to figure out how to deal with the length that the, the the Magic have. They've got a lot of tall guys on that roster. When you think of Paolo, you think of uh, Mo Wagner, Franz. And yeah, I just think that the Thunder matchup that they had was like a, a pretty good test for them to kind of figure out, well, how they're going to attack things on Thursday night. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to just see how things play out when, when the ball tips off on Thursday. Absolutely. I'm um, looking at this magic team, six players in double figures averaging for them, kind of similar to the Hawks as far as, I mean, the Hawks have, I believe it's eight guys in double figures. Almost all the rotation guys are, are averaging double figures for them. This seems like just the balance there is pretty even a young, talented Orlando Magic team that has had some impressive wins, including the Lakers at home. The Hawks, after their slow start, have have won four of their last five games. It just seems like even looking past the fact that these two teams are playing in Mexico City, neutral site for a national audience, as far as 
importance of this matchup, I feel like it's a big deal because one, division games are really important. Eastern Conference wins are really important when it comes down to the tiebreaker. And I feel like a big confidence booster is a big one for this because you have the Hawks. What's at stake is a winning road trip, which is always the goal. And the Magic team that could, again, get a division win against the Hawks and, and kind of carry the momentum for uh, a pretty good start. Absolutely. And I think, again, we talk about just how it's a, a pretty even matchup. Uh, the Hawks only have two players out in Wesley Matthews and uh, Kobe Bufkin. I mean, they both traveled with the team, so it's good that they are here and got a chance to experience all of this. But I think what kind of helps is, uh, you know, the the Magic are missing quite a few players. They, you know, they don't have Wendell Carter Jr. Marco Foltz is questionable for that game. Jonathan Isaacs, <laughs> Jonathan Isaac is uh, probable. It's so weird to think about him coming back into this and because he's been out for what like the last two years with injuries it's absolutely wild but yeah so I mean both teams have enough players out that it's it's gonna be a a solid toe-to-toe matchup for them um for the Hawks and yeah they just have to get a really good start whatever that means for them even if let's say even if you know that that first quarter they they may not necessarily have you know, they may not lead at the end of the first quarter, as long as, in my opinion, they're making life difficult for the Magic. They're they're limiting Paolo as much as they possibly can. They're limiting Franz as much as they can. And they're kind of forcing some of those other guys to be the one that have to, to, to step up and take those shots. It's tough because any of those guys can go off and, and have a really good night. But if they're just contesting shots again making sure that every attempt that the the magic is taking is a tough shot a difficult shot um that to me is at least a good signal of a solid start because shooting like hypersonic shooting it's it's not sustainable eventually the shots are going to stop falling and then for the hawks though they have to just make sure that their shots are falling because part of the issue of monday night's loss to the thunder is that they were shooting at an abysmal rate that was just one of the most inefficient offensive nights for the hawks and one of the big things that snyder said after that game was that you know he needed them to take more three pointers you know they had 102 attempts in that game and you know only about 49 or 42 or 49 three-point attempts and Snyder after the game was like I wanted them to take 10 more and so particularly when you're battling a team with that that has as much length as the Thunder has and as much length as the Magic has you want to try and take advantage of shooting over the top as opposed to driving into the paint and so both of those teams are teams that can collapse it quickly. You think about Paulo's going to be on the wing, but he can also be kind of a menace on the inside. Um, yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how all of that shakes out. Before we go to break, is that going to be the biggest factor as far as Thursday's game is Paolo Bancaro and kind of, again, how to, as far as size matchup? I know, I mean, obviously the the front court for the, for the Hawks is pretty strong and you have some options there, whether it's Clint, whether it's Sadiq Bay, whether it's Jalen Johnson, I think is it, is it sort of got to rely on a more of a team effort 
as far as trying to contain him? I think it's going to be a team effort just across the board. Because, you know, as I touched on a little bit, this team has so many players on it that can get hot at any moment. You think Cole Anthony can go off at any point. Jalen Suggs, you know, he might have one of those really good shooting nights. I think of a guy like Franz Wagner. I mean, he is hot almost every single night. So I think the key is just trying to just make every shot a tough shot. You know, there's always going to be times where you could, you're going to have good defense, you're finishing possessions, but there's just better offense. And, and there are several moments in that game against the Thunder on Monday night where they would finish out the position. Um, I think of a possession where uh, Sadiq went one-on-one, I think where it was with where it was against um, Lou Dort, and he made him work for the shot, kept pushing him back, pushing him back as after he tried to go ISO, post up Sadiq. Um, and then Dort just hit a turnaround fadeaway shot and it went in. Like, you can live with shots like that because you made that guy work for it. So if you're, if you're forcing those teams to make those extra passes um, so that they're not necessarily going to the first option or you're, you're forcing them to make these inefficient shots, sort of like those mid-range shots, like I just mentioned with Dort, where it's a turnaround fadeaway, you can live with that sort of thing. Uh, obviously, you don't want them to keep going in, but if you're, if you're making them work, eventually the shot isn't going to fall. So we'll keep talking about what needs to happen on Thursday night when the Hawks take on the Magic. We've already kind of gone over the last few matchups. We actually didn't talk about that New Orleans matchup too much, but that's okay. That's pretty far in the past when you think about how quickly the season's going. But before I keep rambling on, this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Hawks Report. I just wanted to take this time to thank all of our listeners and all of our subscribers to AJC as well as AJC.com. You guys really make all of this happen. The AJC does have a special offer right now. For three months, you can get unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, food and dining, investigations, and so much more on AJC and AJC.com. You can subscribe by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. All right, Daniel. Can you believe we're seven games into the season? Nope, I cannot. 
um, it's kind of flown by, and that's what happens with the NBA season with games every other day, or for the most part, it just flies by. And and after that zero and two start, it seemed like mm-hmm. oh boy, where where is this team going? And again, I was probably overreacting a little bit too from the zero and two start. <laughs> but since then, since my overreaction. They've won four of their last five, and the only loss yep. has come against a really good Oklahoma City Thunder team. For those that may not know too much about the Thunder, I mean, they are heading in the. They're one of the the bright young teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Their future looks really good, the, just on their talent alone right now. Plus the twenty million draft picks that Sam Presti has acquired, that yeah. he still has the options of using to get either attract stars or you know, try to get more or, mm-hmm. you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander kind of leading the pack, but you're seeing Chet Holgram. You're see, you have Lou Dort that's been playing well, Josh Giddy. I mean, you name it. They have a really talented team. So if, if there are, is going to be a loss, that one you kind of are okay with. I thought it was a really impressive win over the Pelicans who have been okay. playing some really good basketball. I know they've been dealing with injuries, but they're still a really solid team as well. So yeah, through seven games, I, I've been okay with how they've been playing. I think they have played really well. I think the attitude's been really good as far as their goal, their mindset. And yeah, I'm really excited for Thursday's matchup against Orlando. I think that's going to be a really fun game to watch for everyone. Absolutely. And if I can just kind of touch on, you know, the Hawks' last five or so matchups, at least three of them have been comeback wins. <laughs> and um, I believe, you know, after that win over the Pelicans, they had like three straight comeback wins and all of them had come over teams that had winning records. So they were like three and zero against teams with winning records, which is awesome. And I think that I, I completely agree with you about just how the vibes have been. I feel like I am now patty mills with how much i say the word vibes (laughs) but yeah things have been really good and i had a really great conversation with deandre hunter um before that okc matchup where he said since he's been here this has probably been the most together that he's felt this team has been which is saying a lot uh just because of how they and he he attributed that to one of the reasons that they were able to buckle down and come back from some of those loss or, or some of those deficits that they had. You think that 19 point deficit, 21 point deficit that they had in the third quarter to the Timberwolves, you know, they had a comeback win over the Pelicans. I think they were down seven at halftime and um, they came back and, and beat the wizards who, who led them, uh, I believe uh, after the first quarter so it's just things are things are going really well i think the thing that the hawks need to do is just they just need to continue finding that consistency continue building the habits that lead to winning winning you know i think one of those things that they can kind of continue to to work on is just reading i guess reading what the defense is giving them a little bit quicker you think about that okc matchup and they kind of, you could tell that they had kind of started to figure out how to attack the length that the Thunder had, particularly in that fourth quarter. I mean, they got the game within one or two possessions, at least three or four times down the stretch. And then they just kept running into foul trouble as the game was kind of wrapping up. And that's how the Thunder continued to kind of eke forward a little bit and the Hawks couldn't come back from that. But yeah, 
they, I think the key is just kind of taking what the defense gives them a little bit quicker, continuing to find ways to keep everyone involved. And that's not to say that they didn't do that on Monday night with the Thunder because they really did try to get everyone involved. Again, guys just were not hitting shots, but that's something that's not going to happen forever. You know, eventually the, the, the ball is going to start falling again. Absolutely. And we kind of touched on it earlier, eight players in double figures so far. So you're talking about getting everyone involved. They certainly are doing a really good job of getting players involved. And I completely agree with you. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed when you're talking about them and their some of their wins, mentioning comebacks or being down. Mm-hmm. And I think getting off to better starts. And I and the good thing is, I don't think the bad starts are based on they're not ready to play, which was a huge yeah. problem. One, and not just even with Quinn Snyder, but obviously at the end of the Nate McMillan era, it was more of a, we didn't come out ready to play. I didn't have them ready. And I think that was both players and coach. There was, I mean, you're not going to finger point at just one. It's kind of a a team Mm -hmm. effort when it comes to, or lack of effort when it comes to the slow starts. And so they are finding ways to win. They're finding different ways to win, which we touched on a little bit last week. But I think the key is the fact that they're kind of doing it in different ways, which I think is showing their signs of growth and so they are distributing mm-hmm. the basketball it co- it's very team oriented they seem like they're more on the same page and i feel like just with mm-hmm. more time playing and you talked about this it's going to take them 20 25 games where i was giving them 10 15 games more yeah to kind of get it going it's going to take some time but they're doing it and winning at the same time yeah they're four and three but a four game winning streak they won four or five they got the hiccups out of the way early and i feel like they are starting to click and Every game you're seeing that growth a little bit more, which makes you feel like they're heading in the right direction. So, yeah, they are getting comeback wins. So if they can just kind of turn those into maybe some more wire to wire wins or getting off to good starts, kind of like the Milwaukee game, that was just a complete effort. Then, man, you're going to be cooking. And so I think that's a a really impressive thing for the for the Hawks and kind of shows the signs of, hey, I think this team's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and I think what's also been great to watch is just how and it goes to that team aspect that you've you've talked about in in that last um statement there but snyder has been adjusting the lineups and the rotations he's had a lot of flexibility in that and we've seen a lot of interesting combinations and i just wanted to take this time to i feel like a lot of people have been worried about not seeing AJ Griffin as much as they had in the past. And I think, you know, you one, you kind of have to acknowledge that this is a, a very different team than he had in his rookie season, where kind of the option that, you know, the, the team had to go with was him because, you know, Justin Holiday was just having such a rough shooting uh, start to the year. And so, you know, it, uh, and it's not to say that, uh, you know, it's a flash in the bottle. I don't think that's it at all. I think AJ is an incredibly talented player and we're going to see him, uh, you know, have success in, in this league, especially because we see him kind of putting the tools together. But I think with this team in particular, that, that is the Hawks, it's just, there are a lot of people ahead of them. And I'm sure you kind of bring up the question of, well, Quinn put in, uh, Garrison Matthews over him in the last two games but you also have to remember that Garrison only played like the you know a few minutes in the first half and then Quinn only rolled with eight players in the second half and so 
I think one of the things that's truly, especially with young players, the thing that win you minutes on the court is your effort and your execution on defense. And so there are a lot of things that, you know, we as media don't get to see. We don't get to watch the whole practice. We really only get to watch them put up shots and maybe in the off chance we see some of the end of the bench guys kind of running uh, scrimmages and everything like that because they haven't played a lot of minutes in games. So we don't really get to see all of the things that Snyder and his coaching staff see. And I'm sure there's a lot of development that's still happening behind the scenes that we don't get to see the fruits of just yet. Because if you think about it, uh, it's really, it is really hard to play nine players in a rotation because then, all right, so whose minutes are you going to take from so that AJ gets those minutes, you know? Like, where, where is that going to happen? Are you, are you taking Sadiq's minutes? Well, Sadiq has been playing out of his mind through these first seven games. Are you going to take Jalen's minutes? Well, Jalen has also been playing really, really well. Are you going to take DeAndre's minutes? Well, you need DeAndre's strength on the defensive end, particularly with his finger injury. He's been playing quite well on the defensive end. You think of that performance in New Orleans against Ingram, holding him to just... I believe seven points in that second half, uh, the, the effort that he put on Zion Williamson and, and helping Clint out in that area. Uh, are you sure as heck aren't going to take Trey Young and, and DeJounte Hunter's minutes? You're not going to take Bogey's minutes because Bogey has also been playing really. So it's just, there's so much that goes into, you know, how these rotations unfold and, and the different combinations that, that Quinn rolls out. but you look at the first five guys, they're all averaging 30 plus minutes. Sadiq's averaging 27 minutes. Clint's averaging 25. It's been a pretty solid split between Clint and Onyeka. And you know, you know, you need those guys at the five. So by that logic, where are the minutes going to come from for AJ? Of course, here at the Hawks Report, Daniel and I will continue to be monitoring it. But that's the question I leave you with. And Quinn Snyder is the only one that has the answer for it. Until next time, I'm Lauren Williams, joined by trusty dandy, handy dandy, producer Daniel Salerson. And this is The Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.